Welcome, everybody. This is Speeding Past 80. I'm Ann Cavera. I have a guest today. Um, my guest is Marjorie Clayton. She's a photographer and world traveler. She was a guest on Speeding Past 80 this past spring, and I really enjoyed hearing about her travels and the way she gets to know the stories of people that she photographs. You can connect with Marjorie just by Googling Marjorie Clayton, M-A-R-J-O-R-I-E. C-L-A-Y-T-O-N, or if you'd like to email her, it's Marjorie Clayton, M-A-R-J-O-R-I-E-C-L-A-Y-T-O-N, the number 67 at hotmail.com. She also has a Facebook page under Magnolia Stone, and I took a look at that yesterday, and she has a wonderful collection of videos of interesting people, and Marjorie, uh, welcome. I'm glad you're here. It's nice to have you again. Thank you so much. It's very nice to be here and to speak to you again, because I always it's always fun and exciting and inspiring speaking to you. Every time we converse, it's like time goes by so quickly and we have so much to say. <laughs> True. Yep. I always feel like our conversations are to be continued. Oh, I did want to ask you about the videos on your Facebook page. Um you took some of them, right? But some of them are videos you have collected from other places or other people? Yes, I've done some. Uh, most of them are of me talking. They, there may be the odd uh, charango, a music video that I took. It's kind of my memory page. It's like a scrapbook. That's the way I treat Facebook. So if I see a really good music video and I want to learn the song or I, it touches me in some way, I always post it on my Facebook so that I can re-watch it. And sometimes I'll repost the same one so it's more current. I don't have to go looking, trolling through my through my old pages. I actually do play a musical instrument called a charango, which is from the Andes. And uh, sometimes I'll post them too and then say to my teacher, I want to learn this one, please. <laughs> I don't know that about you. I knew about the photography and I know you've talked about the stories that you've written. I did not know that you had that deep an interest in music. And where does that come from? Well, it's an interesting thing because my parents were artists. Uh, my dad was a jazz drummer and my mom was a concert uh, soloist pianist from the Royal Conservatory of Music. Uh, and she played, uh, well, she played classical music and I wanted to learn something. And so I thought, okay, well, we have a piano and I have a piano teacher in my house, so we'll do that. But after a month or so, I said to my mom, I struggled with the theory, but I said to my mom, you know, do you think, could we play anything but classical music? Because I'm not enjoying what I'm playing. I, I don't like it. Can we do like jazz, anything, rock? I don't care. Well, dear, she said, once you know the basics, the foundation of classical music, you can play anything. You could even transfer that information and play other musical instruments. It's like, great. I said, okay. So how long is that going to take? Eight to 10 years. I couldn't face it. So that was the end of it. Um, then I had an interest in guitar, but it was an interest like I like, oh, that's nice, but it didn't go anywhere. So then when I was 19 and went to Bolivia for the first time on the youth exchange program, I remember we were on the farm after working all day. We had a battery operated radio and my mom would turn it on. It was all in Aymara, mostly. Uh, the station she would was San Gabriel, which uh, broadcasts in uh, mainly Aymara. And there'd be music before the news came on. 
And I would get all excited and I'd say, what's that? What's that instrument? What's that instrument? Oh, guitar. I said, no, it's, it's strings, but it's not guitar. Oh, you must mean charango. So the next time I promised myself, the next time I went to Bolivia, I'd buy one and learn how to play it. So I bought one, but I learned how to tune it the first time. <laughs> well, you know, that's sort of what happened in our house. Our older daughter wanted to play uh, the piano. Actually, we had a little home organ, you know, that made all kinds of sounds. And she began picking out tunes on that when she was very young. She was about four or so. And so we got a piano and she took piano lessons for many, many years. But what she really wanted to play was a banjo that we had in the closet. And so she did. And she is just now wrapping up. She finally, well, she plays Dixieland and jazz. She plays bass, guitar, and banjo. And she's just wrapping up a three-week tour with an all-girl band in Scotland, London, and oh. Sweden. Yes. How awesome is that? Katie Cavera, look her up on Google. <laughs> I will, I will. Wish I had my pencil. <laughs> All right. Um, anyway, she's she's a musician, and our son Chris is actually a really good guitarist and percussionist. Now he teaches music, but uh, he's also a musician in his own right. So I have two musicians. I have not a musical cell in my body. I don't know where that came from for him. <laughs> Well, you know, the thing is, when we were talking about connection, and, and that's why I travel, I mean, it's true. And the photography, too, is through connection, like the introvertedness and, and getting to know people and having an excuse to approach them. But music is another way to connect. It's, you're connecting to yourself and to your creativity and to this other instrument. So with photography, you could take your time and try to get the perfect image, you know, with the lighting. And then in the dark room, you print and you can print and reprint and crop and darken and do, you know, different techniques. Sure. But with music, it's really instant. And then it's gone. It's a magical thing. Yes. And I had never thought of it that way. But you're right. It is there for the moment. And, well, you can always record it. But there's nothing like live music. You know, and it's you're there, you're there in the moment, and you're right. You walk away and you're back in your other life, your regular life. And I feel it's a really great way to connect to yourself, to feel more yourself and uh, explore your creativity, a, a way to, ex you know, express your emotions or, or whatever in another, in another way. So I'm still, I'm still continuing with uh, Charango. And uh, although I've started playing quite a long time ago, I'd have teachers, then I wouldn't, and then I would, and then I wouldn't, then they would be busy. And I lived in England, so you had to find buskers that were willing to teach you. During COVID, I was blessed by finding a virtual teacher in Bolivia. Oh, wonderful. He is extraordinary. He is the best teacher I have ever had that can get to my brain. So I've made, I'm making progress now. It's like I'm on to something now. Yes. Well, you were fortunate to find him. Absolutely. You know, um, I was interested in how your summer went because I know you were talking about putting some things together to connect people. How is that going? Are you coming along? You mentioned uh, you're going to do some public speaking or... So I put the word out. I was doing some uh, talks uh, at a community center here in Thunder Bay in the township of Shunya last year. 
And so I reconnected with them. One of the ladies from my gym saw some of those talks and asked me to talk with her um, book club. So I'm doing another talk with them. And then I have another friend who is uh, seeing impaired and I'm doing a talk at the CNIB. Uh, that'll be with the Charango. And this is all, I think everything we do is to prepare us for the next step. So this is all preparing. I want to do events. So half day and full day events to connect people so they can engage, they can ask questions so I can tell stories and so that they can tell stories that, you know, my stories might have inspired something from their from their lives uh, to include music and creativity so people can connect to others, to themselves, to creativity and just explore different ways to like basically feel fully alive. <laughs> That's wonderful. And you know, you're building a network by doing talks in one group and then another and then another. I think that's wonderful. And I think people do need to share their stories. They need to feel listened to. And it sounds as though while you're willing to give what you have, you're also willing to receive what other people can offer. You know, they they can tell their stories and they can share their experiences, maybe connect them to something that you've said or just uh, have a place where they feel safe enough to speak. That's right. And also, uh, I think it's also hoping that it's also going to be a place for people to make friends. I think in this day and age, at least in my city, I find it's really difficult. You might have your friends from from primary school, maybe secondary school, uh, maybe from work. But oftentimes you work with people, you may get along, but you might not feel compelled to see them on your days off. And, and it's really, I think it's really quite difficult unless you're an extrovert or if you're a club joiner, you're joining all these different clubs. But if you just want to have a meaningful conversation with someone, it sometimes can be a bit challenging. And I'm hoping that this will facilitate the possibility of making other people like-minded people and they can get together. Maybe we'll even have a core group and and do more and more events, like half day, full day, a couple day events. Why not? I think that's a great idea. And I think you're so right about people. People make connections, but a connection is not a friendship. And I think everybody feels like they've got these connections. But how many friends do you have that you could call in the middle of the night if you needed them? Yeah. And that's the kind of friends you need to make. Somebody that you could call in the middle of the night, you'd know they'd be there. Right. Not just somebody to go out for dinner or to the movies, because that's that's like, you know, that's not the same thing. <laughs> no, it isn't. It isn't. It's long-term friendships. I have a few, probably I could count them on uh, one hand, you know, that I know that if I called them, they would be there for me. And I treasure those friendships. I once heard a speaker at a teacher's conference say she was talking about children who are lonely and don't have friends. And she said something very wise. She said that the difference between zero friends and one friend is enormous. But once a child has that one friend, the difference between one friends and more friends is much smaller because that friend has other friends and that's the way connections are made. I think, you know, if you have a few good friends, you have something on which you can build a network. If you wanted to go to lunch or if you wanted to have a book club or if you wanted to have an event. That's right. And with Zoom and virtual meetings and WhatsApp on the telephone, they don't even have to be in the same country. That's true. So 
Yeah, I WhatsApp my, uh, my friend in Bolivia. We used to play music. We used to do some busking and uh, Latin American events playing music. So we're actually hoping to put something together by recording it in separate places and then just putting the video together. And eventually we'll we'll probably busk. We won't be doing what your daughter does, I'm afraid. I think we'll be probably on the street busking. It'll <laughs> be that. fun. It'll and be fun. She was in a group that did that over COVID. I think they did a dance. They all learned the same dance. And then they were all on Zoom at the same time doing the dance. <laughs> and I think she did some music that way too. Because COVID really shut everything down, you know, for uh, musicians, everybody. Well, it's like they said, they say, right? One door, if one door is closed, the other one is open. So now it's opened the virtual world. There's some people that maybe couldn't go to meetings anyways. I have a a friend who is legally blind and she finds it challenging to get around. She has a, a seeing eye dog, but late at night, especially in the winter, she doesn't really like going out. So she's a writer and uh, they started doing virtual meetings. So it's like, wow, that opened up for her because she can't really always make it across town, you know, for a meeting that's going to end at nine or 10. Sure. But now she can. Well, you know, that's my situation here. My husband's Alzheimer's uh, continues to worsen and I really, we're pretty much homebound now, but um, I have this wonder, wonderful opportunity to talk to people everywhere like you. And this is a perfect moment to mention, uh, find your next calling. My friend Brian Elaine has started a group and he's having a Zoom conference in September I've signed up for. Anyway, he has a whole website of resources for people who are looking for the next step. Because like you say, you know, you take one step and then there's another one. Um, He does wonderful work. And if you're looking for the next step, Look up, find your next calling. It's a great opportunity to find resources and meet people too. Is he based in your city? No, he's in, I think he's in New Jersey. He's a virtual friend. I've never met him in person. Okay. He he has run a lot of uh, in-person conferences. I've just never been able to get to one because I just have my computer and do things online. (laughs) So Making the most of what you have, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. What do you envision in the future that you want to do these half day and all day gatherings? I I would. I want to see where it's going to go because I think we could do all sorts of creative things, collaborative things together as the group as well, right? Right. Uh, And maybe create maybe an exhibition or we could create an interactive I don't know what it's called. Uh, It's like a dramatization, not a dramatization. It's like art, living art, or, you know, like do a live event. I'm not being very articulate, but I know what I want to say, and it'll all come together when we're not connected. Yes, but it sounds like a live event where everybody would be able to interact and kind of create it on the spot. Is that what you're thinking? Yes, and it might not even have an audience. We might be the participants and the audience. Well, that would be okay. Yeah, why not? There's just different ideas that I was thinking, you know. Um, I've heard of different, you, you've even given me some ideas on how to connect to strangers. You could be in a group and maybe ask, 
you need to find three or four bits of information from someone. So go in the room and you got to find somebody you don't know and get those bits of information and then present it or something so that you, everyone's learning about everybody else. Later on after that, you might want to have a further conversation if you've gone through about 15 people. Oh, yeah, that person. I really want to reconnect with that person and talk more about this or that. I just think that there could be a lot of development or a lot of a lot of connections being made, uh, ideas, perspectives, different perspectives being listened to or or being understood more. It's kind of a bridge building, uh, barrier breaking workshop, right? So that you could meet other people and have a greater understanding. A lot of people can't travel to different places, so you could still have that understanding and learn about different people with different beliefs or different perspectives uh, in one room with everyone traveling with everyone around you traveling there's you could still make it happen in, in a group like that right right and I was thinking that as you were talking because there are so many of us who are at home like I'm perfectly capable of travel traveling I'm capable of traveling but I can't because of my situation but there are just tons and tons of caregivers, especially in my age group. There are people with disabilities, like you mentioned your friend that's blind and would have trouble maybe going out at night. Uh, there's a huge number of people out there who yearn for connection. And we do need facilitators who will bring this together, who will step up and say, yes, you know, we can do this and we can do it together. And whether or not we have an audience, well, that's to be seen, but it, to be part of a group like that is very life-giving, and there are so many of us who need it. I think, too, a lot of the mainstream population, you have so many gimmicks and, and stimulants, uh, visual, a lot like the social media, what have you, that I think sometimes people mistake, like going out or doing an activity, joining judo and and dance, which is all great and fun, but they might, they may misinterpret that as a, it might be a connection, but it might not be a connection. It might just be a distraction, right? Right. Yes. So I, these activities can just really give you some grounding and really make you feel a part of the whole. You know, I think what you're uh, getting at is something with more depth than we get in the ordinary everyday uh, acquaintance type of connection. And I think we're overwhelmed with that type of, of uh, I don't want to even say connection, but just the interaction, maybe interaction is a better word. Yeah, you interact for a moment here, a moment there. And it feels like maybe you're connected to all these people, but there's no depth. It's like plants without roots. You know, they can yeah. flourish for a little bit, but then they're just going to die because they don't have anything beneath them. And I I think what you're getting at is something that we have less and less of while we have more and more of this overwhelming, uh, how many friends do you have on Facebook? You know, how many uh, people viewed your TikTok? I'm not on TikTok. I don't know how it works and I don't want to, but a lot of people are. And, you know, do you have 6 million people following you on one thing or another? Um, you may, and you may not have a, a deeper connection. And I think that's one reason I do these interviews interspersed with my stories. I do the interviews because I want to know other people on a deeper level. 
than just, yeah, I like that. There's a like on Facebook. <laughs> it's just not enough. Or a bunch of statistics, right? Oh, she's a girl who went to Bolivia and Ghana and lived in England. Yeah, but what? But I like that part. <laughs> but you're right. It's not uh, It's not getting to know you on a long-term basis. Well, and it's not the essence of the person. It's just either their education or how much money they make or their position. But it doesn't really get to the crux, the essence of that person. True. It really doesn't. But I am so glad to have you here, and I'm glad to find out what's going on with your adventures. Do you plan to do any more traveling? Oh, absolutely. There will be traveling uh, to be done, but uh, I've used up all my days in Peru and Bolivia this year, so it won't be there. Uh, I'm thinking I potentially could go to Ghana, uh, and it might be in the new year, but I just have to wait and see. I want to be, I'm not a big planner. I used to be. But I think traveling taught me that don't bother, just see what happens because being spontaneous and letting serendipity take over is better than you could have planned or imagined often. And you can make some really deep connections that if you had stuck to your plans, you would have missed out. And it really lets you live in the moment, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. For better or for worse. Well, I really enjoy talking to you. I've enjoyed talking to you today. And, uh, oh, I have to mention this one thing because I found it just enchanting on your Facebook page. I was watching the video on Titus, the man who lives off the grid. Yes. Now, I don't think that's your video. That's one you brought from somewhere else. It's someone else's video, but it's on your Facebook page. And I found that to be just delightful. People I agree. Inspiring, inspiring man. Yeah. Yes. Yes. He has uh, carved his own path. Yeah. And that's the thing, right? Uh, he's not looking for any approval from anyone else. He's following his heart. And that's hard sometimes to do because we can't help but being influenced by other people, what they say. And and I think even I was putting out a lot of videos on YouTube and I actually stopped because there was, I felt this pressure. I heard a video that said, you need to put out three, used to be three a week. Now it's three a day. I thought, oh, I want to put something meaningful. So uh, that and me feeling like I was being controlled by the likes and the comments, like, am I going to start putting out content because I get more reaction from that one or start analyzing it. And then now I'm starting to edit what I'm saying, what I'm doing. So I just put a halt to it. That and the Wi-Fi connection was really bad. Uh, I just thought, no, I will use it to, when I feel inspired to use it, but I, I don't want to be a slave to that. I don't want to start changing what I'm doing. Sure. I'm well, I appreciate what you're doing. You're an inspiration to me and to a lot of other people too. I'm sure. And you are too. You are awesome. And to keep going every day, I think it is extraordinary. Every day. And it's not, uh, you know, every day that you put one out, I just think, and it's, they're so good. Where is she getting? This is so great. (laughs) Well, thank you for listening. And thank you for joining me today. I really appreciate your presence. And uh, it will be interesting to see where your work goes in the future. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. All right. See you again soon. Okay. See you. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.